Oh, we are back for season four, episode eight of the Sopranos podcast. Everything is a trade-off. This is one promise I would like you to keep. That's a quote from Carmela Soprano in this season four, episode eight of the Sopranos, entitled Mergers and Acquisitions. Get your pencils ready. This is a long list of writers here. We have a teleplay by Lawrence Connor and story by David Chase, Robin Green, Mitchell Burgess, and Terrence Winter. Directed by Daniel Attias. Mergers and acquisitions were on the back half of season four. Things are progressing in a, I would call it a boil uh, at this point. Or Jordan used the analogy in our pre-discussion of a ramp. We're going to talk about it. Yeah. Build a ramp up to your ass. (laughs) Go back to Richie April. But I'm Chris D'Amato. I'm Paul Mantini. I'm Jordan Hugh. We have a special, special edition this time. Lily D'Amato! Yay! Hey, everybody. Back. She couldn't be with us for the season three retrospective, which we are regretful about. And we also promised after covering two episodes that were featured that heavily featured violence against women in season three, we said we need to have Lily back for some episodes that are just episodes that don't particularly cater to that issue in the show. Yeah, so just plain old violence. Just plain old normal just violence. The regular kind. And the chaos regular kind. and death. You know, I'm glad to be back, but I do have a bone to pick with with you specifically, oh. Christopher Damato. Me, Christopher. No boy. Um, Trouble you know, I've been on the Chris Damato Sopranos tour a couple times at this point. Oh no, I know where this is. And going. I'm just driving down a street in New Jersey, North mm-hmm. Jersey, and I see Pizza Land. Yeah. A place I've never seen before. Uh huh. How? How? Well, you didn't show her Pizza Land. I didn't, you didn't even show, show you me, showed me Pizza, Pizza Land. Land. I know. So oh, I, all right, hold oh, on, hold on. <laughs> I you did. brought other people there. No, no, no. This is. You did. You brought me like, there. We don't need this kind of drama on this on, on the program. <laughs> uh, uh, the show that we're covering is dramatic enough, uh, but 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 You're talking about my family. <laughs> it's a Jersey thing. Uh, so listen. So I'm going to quickly explain this because I I've been challenged and called out now, and then we're going to cover the episode. But no I've given I've, I have given a Sopranos tour to multiple people. My first one ever I did back in college, and I believe Jordan was with us on that one. I was. I was the driver. You were the driver. So we swung by Pizza Land on that on that day. Since then, I have not had it on my standard Sopranos tour. And here's the reason why. It's very simple, actually. The locations I take people when I give them a Sopranos tour of North Jersey are places that are heavily featured in the show. Pizza Land is certainly an iconic spot. It's great pizza. I would argue it's in every episode. <laughs> but it's in the opening <laughs> sequence. It's in the opening sequence. I don't take people to the little lumberjack guy or the big lumberjack guy who's standing there. Yeah, why haven't I seen him? I don't know. All right, I'll take you on, a, Jesus on an opening. Uh, I will, loved me. I will take you on Tony's drive then someday, even though the actual route of the drive is nonsense. But uh, <laughs> Lily, I, I have something I could say to make you feel a little better. Okay. So as we know, there's the 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 sacred triangle of pizza. Cheap, good, hot. But you can only have two. Correct. Right? <laughs> pizza land, hot, cheap. Uh oh. Not great pizza. Uh oh. It's, it's okay pizza. Go on, right. it's thrown. Well, there we oh, are. I would just, we at least, there's better pizza in Jersey. Oh, sure. sure. Well, yeah. I would just like to say Chris has not given me a tour in years. And, well, uh, Paul, you also haven't had any <laughs> penis area contact with my Volvo. <laughs> <laughs> Drives a CRV. <laughs> and with that, let's give our first initial gut reactions to mergers and acquisitions. Okay. Yeah. Anyone want to start? Paul, Jordan? 
Yeah, I'll, I'll start. So, um, uh, Paul, Paul mentioned earlier in our season, this is a season about money. And um, that, that's very clear in, in pretty much every episode, but, but maybe especially clear in, in this one. And, um, you know, we uh, are kind of following Carmela's journey and processing her betrayal along with her and watching her pick up the thread from last season in terms of how she's going to carve out a niche for herself and kind of claim more of her life for her own. I'm hoping that is what's going on. Um, truthfully, I don't really remember. I, I don't I don't remember what happens with Carmela. I see that she's uh, making these moves with Tony's money, and I'm proud of her, and I feel like she's kind of doing what she says she's not doing. She's saying, well, I'm not a feminist, you know, mm. and things like that. But I was like, but you know what, you're, you're, you're fucking, you're doing shit. You're making moves, you're doing some stuff. And then just in terms of the rest of the episode, I think this is like a very clear ramp structure episode where it's just like we're building and we're building to something um the thing that is episode specific which is the the bit with paulie and his mom and green grove which is is wonderful that doesn't feel like it's building to a situation this this episode sort of is that situation but um that stuff is just wonderful as well and it just it reminds me how all-encompassing the world of sopranos is because i got just as much dramatic satisfaction out of that story as i did from anything else mm. i liked it this is one of those episodes i'm going to take a page out of Paul's book here. I think back ages ago when I first watched it, I actually didn't care much for this episode. I thought it was a little bit of a... It, this might have been one of my words back then. might have been a little bit of a snoozer in the middle of the season that I kind of... You, you have to get through to get to the to the good stuff. Uh, and watching it now as an adult with a more trained eye and with just more life experience under my belt, it's one of those episodes that really surprised me how much I, I really did enjoy it. And I love the the ramp style. I love watching Carmela. She's just so good. And things. This is this is a turning point episode for her in a way. It this is, is a she's big, yeah. very very compelling in this episode. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. Thought, yeah. and, and in such a quiet way too, it, where it, she's really good. And I also I, I love the idea where you have kind of you can center the episode around an idea or a theme. I think Rosalie drops the quote: "How much is enough." All of these characters are searching for something and and want more than what they're getting. And assets are being attained and some of these assets are harmful but and, and some of them are human beings rather than physical assets like money. But th- this, uh, this idea of like possession and who's gaining what, who's merging what, who's taking over this such and such, it was just all over this. And everyone's kind of acquiring new things and shaking up the status quo. So it's a good episode on that level. And obviously, the more we get of Nucci Gualtieri, the better I am. So, <laughs> so Lily and I, cute. Yeah, I love Nucci. No complaints so over about her. So I've always loved this episode, and that's exactly why. Uh, I get to see my girl Carmela, who I love throughout everything, uh, kind of find herself, which I like. Um, and I got a lot of Nucci in this episode, and she's... That's, what a babe. I, She's so cute. I just love her. There's just such a, uh, just a, 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 an innocence that is just all good intentions. And I love watching Polly with her. Yeah. I just, it just brings me so much joy. Nucci, Gaultieri brings me a lot of joy, everybody. Thank you. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't do better than that. I love her too. And also, it does bring out something in Polly. As well, even when Polly's doing bad things. Remember how we used to always say, whatever else Tony is, Tony's a good son. Polly's duty to 
this mother, who's also way nicer. Um, the <laughs> other mothers in this show, we're going to get to Cookie Cerullo. Good Lord. Um, and the other thing about this episode that I also, I'm sure my reaction to it 20 years ago was this is dull. Um, but part of this episode is that Tony's bored. Right. Um, we're going to get back to that big time. You you buy a fucking surround sound system to put in, in an extension of your house and you fall asleep playing Dark Side of the Moon on it, you're bored. Um, <laughs> he says he's an eight-year-old. Yep. Hmm. Uh, that, that's right. I think that's true. That's the other thing about this episode. I'm sure when I first watched it, my main reaction was this woman is a tedious version of Gloria Trillo. Um, she is, and that's deliberate. Right. Um, well, Tony has a type. Yes, Obviously, absolutely. Does, you know, Gloria's boy does he. Gloria's <laughs> excitement slowly gave way to danger. <clears throat> this woman's fun quickly gives way to tedium. I'd say. So all this stuff is happening. It's all deliberate. It's weird. It's a little different for a Sopranos episode. It's different for a Sopranos episode to have such a financy name. Mm. That's not the way these guys talk, but it is what they're doing. The difficulty of merger. The difficulty of acquisition. Um, so, all the, you know, it is, it's got a slow burn. It's really funny at times. But in our pre-show discussion, we were discussing some of the stuff that's dark in it, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, here's what I want to say about the money note in season four. And I was thinking a lot about this because money can be boring to a lot of people. Some people like it. Some, some people don't. As just a matter of personal interest, I do casually, I say very casually, this is not like a serious academic pursuit, but I casually study economics just as a matter of personal interest. I'll pick up a book on something that is new or I have like a couple economics books on my on my politics shelf. And I realized when I started studying econ- economics as an actor that it was more than just like numbers and a lot of annoying words like mergers and acquisitions. Money and economics are about the study of human need and who gets what, how they get it what you are able to attain, what you want, how the forces of what people desire drive the economic machine. And when I was editing uh, a couple of our season four podcast episodes, listening to this theme of money coming back up again and again, more so this season than any other season before, it, it dawned on me, these, the thing, what is money and what backs money? Trust, fidelity, faith, having faith in the money itself and these concepts are core to the Sopranos itself and the family dynamic in particular. Who trusts who? Does Carmela trust Tony? Is there any fidelity in this marriage? And that is why money is such a great theme for this particular season as it's all shaking out. Yeah. Sure. I kept thinking of money as the under the term promissory note. Mm-hmm. Right? That the, 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 and there's, so that's part of why I chose Carmela's line, uh, one promise I'd like you to keep. Because it's about that duty and fidelity that you just very eloquently laid out, Chris. S- similarly, the, the duty and fidelity to one's parent. Furio mm. has to go back to Italy, of course, mm-hmm. because his father's dying. Polly's got to take care of Nucci because of everything she did for him. Yeah. So let's take it from the top, then. We start off on this Furio note. Something's obviously wrong with Furio. He's sad in the soprano kitchen. Karma's there comforting him. Good writing. You got to go out the door you came in. Starts and ends with Carmela making coffee for her guys. Mm. Mm-hmm. Love that. He's going to Italy. So Furio gets the nice version of that coffee. He gets right? the comforting so, version. Oh, you want some, right. some, sweet, <coughs> some sweet, full-bodied coffee. I think Tony wants, like, decaf at the end of the episode. <laughs> yeah. Decaf! Gross. What the hell? <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Furio mentions possibility of immigration issues. Immigration, they make problems. Maybe Tony can look into that. His father has cancer. It's all over his body. 
And uh, Car Carmella and Tony play the scene really oppositely in terms of like how they react to Furio because Carmella could not be more concerned and involved because of course she loves Furio. Uh, Tony is almost dismissive of Furio's anguish and kind of half offers his, him some money. Yeah, you know, like, oh, you in need the middle some money. of his, and he like withdrew it as he was offering it. Right, the first yeah, the first half-assed acquisition like I'll pay you to go away and stop talking about death. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Well, it's it's sad. Furio's like talking about his father's cancer, and there's it's very brief because he has to be careful, and he knows this. But there's a look of disdain from Furio when he was talking about his father's cancer, and Tony's just like, "Do you need any money?" Cuts him off as if to. It's it's a way to say enough. I don't want to hear any more of that. Hear it. Yeah, actually, it was the first time I had thought objectively about Tony and Furio's relationship. Because mm -hmm. I've always just kept it very simple with them. I was just like, Tony really likes Furio, he's really efficient, he's scary, what's mm -hmm. not to like? But I never really considered things from Furio's perspective of being like, he probably doesn't like Tony very much. Mm -hmm. well, like, for... what's to like? Well, but also, Tony interrupted his conversation with Carmella. Right. Mm -hmm. The irony of it, too, is that we've talked about this. Furio is what Tony wishes he could be, the strong, silent type. And, of course, the strong, silent type would find someone like Tony a decadent, annoying hypocrite, right? Mm -hmm. So, all it, of this depth that we that, that we can uh, pull out of this scene is from a scene that is a minute long, yeah. by the way. that It's just yeah. that well-written and well-acted. And also, like, the, the build-up has been so good to mm -hmm. this point. Like, you're just, you're just able to drop in on these plots and, like, have so much fullness behind them already. Yeah. Yep. Cut to the next scene. Paulie is driving Tony. Oh, God. He's being very neurotic about colostomy bags, asking if Furio's old man will need one. His mom maybe needs to get one. You can see on his face how much that idea disgusts him. <laughs> and again, Tony, no sentiment here. For fuck's sake, Paulie, everybody's going to get old and die. I love the moment of silence after that, and then Paulie says, Am I driving you tomorrow, too? <laughs> no, I'll drive myself. <laughs> So yeah, so this is letting us know that Paulie is—he's uh, back. He came out. He came out of jail, I think, in the previous episode. And, and this is the official return of Tony Sirico to the show now, right? Because mm -hmm. his his back problems in real life are over, right? Yep. And I hope the back half of season four is more Paulie heavy because I've missed him. Yeah. And we kind of pick up where we left off at the end of season three. He was trying to situate his mother at Green Grove. Maybe yeah. There was, there was that hiccup with him out of town. <laughs> on yeah, vacation. Um, and now he's got her situated there, and mm -hmm. he's playing golf with Neil Mink in the next scene. We get a sense that Tony is laying back again. We've seen this before, but weirdly, the show hasn't really touched on it much. Yeah, since season two, mm -hmm. which is when Mink first gives him that advice to get himself out of the front of the operation. Yeah. Um, of course, we've had we've touched on this plot line. Right? He wants Christopher to start running things. He sees him as the future of the family, which mm. should make all of us very frightened. Right? Um, and this episode, of course, deals with what we were just talking about before, which is that when Tony backs off of his business, he becomes bored. Mm -hmm. And when Tony gets bored, really bad stuff happens. Yeah. And maybe I'm reading into it. Maybe I'm. there's more incentives than I'm understanding about this. But I almost saw a little pause in Mink when Tony was mentioning him only giving orders through Christopher. Uh, I think... As a lawyer, he's got to be thinking, yes, obviously, you want to keep Tony out of trouble. He's paying me a retainer. I'm looking out for him. And I don't think Mink necessarily wants anything bad to happen to Tony. But there must be a part of him that thinks someday there's going to be a RICO trial. 
and oh. I'm going to make a lot of money off of that. So I think there's a part All of All the lawyers representing these guys know that. Yeah, so I think a part of him, when he hears, oh, he's giving orders through that, through through the, the drug addict nephew, good. Very good, Tony. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Well, listen, as, as it's been said many times on the show and on this podcast, these guys only get out two ways. Yeah. Right? They die or they go to jail. That's mm-hmm. That's it. And if you don't do either... You get what is Junior's situation of maybe aging into, you know, poor health and a loss of dignity. Mm, good point. The, another thing about this episode, again, dealing with, I wouldn't say it's boring, I think I would have 20 years ago, but dealing with boredom, instead of these long, drawn-out scenes, it's often short scenes that frustratingly don't add up, or mm. for the characters, they're not moving. Here, Tony... Is enjoying being a guy who can play golf, I guess, more than actual. I never understood golf. Um, <laughs> but he's also physically out of place. Like, he did not dress for this. He dressed for a meeting at Bada Bing. Mm. He's in like black pants and his bomber jacket, a leather jacket on like a hot day. So this isn't adding up. I'm like, what, what is he doing? Yeah. Um, and then another scene, another scene that, that doesn't necessarily have interconnectedness. Mm. It's just you f- then find him at the house and he's installing. A stereo system, because that's another acquisition. Americans love to buy stuff to make themselves happy, and it goes nowhere. Yeah. In keeping with what he's telling Mink, he's, Tony's got some kind of deal going on in Perth Amboy, which geographically, if you don't know where Perth Amboy is, it's, uh, I like to call, I don't know if this area has an official name, but if you look at the state of New Jersey, it kind of like cricks in the middle, or there's like a bend. Right in the middle of that bend, towards... The, the water is an area, is a town called Perth Amboy. So that when Tony's talking about that, that's where that is. I call it like the neck of New Jersey because it's like if the top half of New Jersey is the head, that little bending area is the neck. Uh, so he's got something going on there. I, I admit I wasn't like particularly compelled or closely following whatever he has going on there. But the point is, whatever it is, he's trying to delegate it to Chris and Silvio. Uh, and Chris, <laughs> like this is a very funny comedic beat where Chris... It needs to write some details down. Can't find any paper. Starts writing it on the pillowcase in Sharpie. And then Adriana comes in like, the fuck? <laughs> I really enjoyed that. Lily and I had a good laugh watching that. And yeah, this is a sight we've seen before and we'll see again this episode. Tony bored at the mall. God, he looks miserable. And it's such a fun thing about life in a way to, to reflect on this that I get bored in a mall because I can't afford anything. And after like a while of walking around, it's like, well, all of this expensive shit around me, I can't get. Just like a rich guy can be bored in a mall because he doesn't need anything. <laughs> what, a, what, a, what an interesting commentary. Uh, There's no juice. It's what Jordan mentioned it when we watched House Arrest in season two. And this is kind of a sister episode to it. You're waiting for something to happen. What's going on at the mall? You're reading like the Star Ledger. Yeah. From mm. today, get a coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this episode also highlights for us the idea of why Tony can't get out of his gangster life. Like, yeah, his long-term planning is that he's going to retire and run the business through Christopher behind like a behind a closed door from a bunker or whatever he says, right? Yeah. Um, that's never possible for him. He clearly isn't happy when he's in retirement mode. Mm. Retirement is not possible for this guy. Yeah. He's I don't think. Just, he's not a great delegator at all. No, he's a micromanager. Correct. You know, we even saw it in, in Pine Barrens, right? Like, why was he driving down there by himself? He didn't need to be the person to do that, right? Mm. You know, it's he's very bad at it. And it's because there is no other life for him. Yeah. yeah. Mm. 
He's also, and this is the curse and blessing of being a boss, he's also the smartest guy in the room by far, every time. He has to chew Chris and Silvio out later because they made the wrong call on, on this deal he's got going on in Perth Damboy. Which I don't think they did, necessarily. Right. I don't yeah. think so either. He Well, he told them, I will back you up, whichever you choose. Yeah. If it was just Chris, might get it. Mm. It's also Silvio, and he talks to them like, I explained this to you already. He didn't. He walks away, and Chris and Silvio look at each other like, what the fuck? Mm. We have to We have to pretend. We have to pretend like he already chewed us out over this. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't. I know we don't necessarily know every member of the Soprano family in depth, but other than Christopher, who would take over the Sopranos family? That's a really good question. That is a great question. Because can, Polly's older can, than Tony, so and also Polly can't leave. And well, no, of course, but that's my point: is like the younger generation's not good for this anyway. No, of the captains, oh boy. Ralphie's the most capable, but of course he's a psychopath, so yeah. no. Uh, Ray, Ray seems like he would be great in his day, but he's also a rat. He's an FBI informant. <laughs> uh, Silvio seems to have a cool head, but also doesn't strike me as a, like a... He's not know, a leader. Not a leader. And yeah. he is Tony's age, if part of this is generational. Right. <coughs> right. right. Yeah. But none of the young guys work out. It's really right. just Christopher. They would have he has to groom Christopher for it, and that's his hope. Right. Right. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Tony, Carm, Brian, and his wife are having dinner. And they're at Vesuvio. Yeah, those Paul Newman movies. <laughs> Carm's head is in another space. I love that line to Artie. Artie, did you ever catch those muggers? And <laughs> Artie just has to She ignore means it. well, and it's always the yeah. wrong thing, right? <laughs> she comes from a good place. She yeah. doesn't know it's anything but muggers. Yeah. And uh, I just love that. It's there, you know, Tony and Artie aren't being like, I'm not talking about motherfucker, but they're just, they're not cool. Nope, they're very it's, short with each other. He's there as a customer at a restaurant. Yeah. I love when the idea of the real estate thing comes up and Carm goes, and Brian goes, HUD? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which we discussed in depth last time and just what a gross... Sh- scheme that is. Gross scheme. She corrects to, no, Freeling Highs and Avenue, and I just, you realize that moment, point like, Carmela is so many pages behind where the plots are for Tony. He's hidden just everything. Yeah. And they give her this, uh, some brief financial jargon mm. that's not really what she's looking for. Right. She's well, looking for the communication about what's happening. If I were to write a mob, sh- a new mob show tomorrow and there's a scene where the guys are talking business and the wives are kind of kept out of it and behind the loop, it would be sad and frustrating for the for the wife character on that level just as on the surface but it's particularly frustrating this season because Carmela has been wanting so much more from Tony specifically on the issue of money what happens when you're gone what are we doing what do we have what's left over if you die and this is just she's so she's so far out of the loop on everything she doesn't know about the deal with Artie she doesn't know about what's going now now her her cousin Brian that she brought in for this is quote as she says in the next scene Pulled into his circle. And I trust him a thousand percent. Tony barely knows this guy. (laughs) They've hung out like a few times. He immediately seizes on the HUD fuck up because he was talking about his housing and urban urban development. And he says, he likes Paul Newman movies. Um, (laughs) Paul Newman, uh, if listeners haven't seen HUD, it's an old movie. Um, It's a Western about, it's about an acquisition. It's about a family that's farm is being bought up by a big corporation and they're fighting over money. Hmm. It's a great movie. And, uh, yeah, so that's what's going on here. Fuck you for that catch. Good job. <laughs> wow, Paul. 
<laughs> Watch HUD. Great old movie. Uh, it's better than The Fugitive, but The Fugitive is still good. Cut to the diaper drive. <laughs> Rosalie April is amazing even when she's being judgy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really funny. This is like, I'm not going to get into the Catholicism thing, but I love the idea of like, well, if whatever they get, they should be grateful. Nobody told them to go have babies without husbands. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Thank you, Rosalie. Very helpful. But uh, Father Phil with, uh, maybe, maybe I, you know, think about, think about this. The most useful thing he has said to anybody in the whole show so far might be uh, organizing the drive next year by alphabetical names so that they get a good amount of diapers. That, that might be the most, the best thing Father Phil has brought into the world of The Sopranos. So good job, Father Phil. Thank you, Father Phil. Yeah. <laughs> I'm seeing your jughead. Uh, Carmilla asks Rosalie about what Jackie left her, which, given what's going on, it's a fair question and natural to be curious. Rosalie is the the widow of the show, if we had to pluck one. Right. And, and the uh, woman most similar to Carmela, in one that of Carmela's she's uh, oh, yeah. one, the wife of a, of a boss. boss. Yes, exactly. It would be different. Pussy's wife, obviously, is in a different scenario than, you know, Pussy was not right. what Right. What Angie has been left with from uh, Pussy as a, as a captain who had some money issues, clearly she has nothing. She's working in a supermarket. Rosalie, we would think, would have been provided for, but apparently from this scene, not so much. Mm-hmm. Not enough. Right. And she gives a quote, how much is enough, really? Great question for all of these characters right. to think about. Could be a mantra for the whole show. Yeah. But, yeah, not really. Carmelo drops that line, I'm not a feminist, and I'm not saying 50-50, but she wants more. She's unfulfilled on that on this level in a big way. Why is feminist a dirty word for Carmelo? That's I think that's line. generational, mm. right? And it's, and And... I think that, you know, a, a woman like Carmela, who ha- thinks of that as a dirty word, tends to only think of feminism as third wave feminism, like the bra burning kind. And that's certainly not who these women are, mm. right? And they were also raised as you do keep the home, you do stay home with the kids. And so a feminist is someone who goes outside of that, what they know. Totally. And, mm. and so. I think Carmela needs to be the kind of person who finds that on her own without the label. You're right, and I, and I and I see that. Uh, yeah. And, and I, what's funny is I think I see her through the whole series, but she's striving for equal footing. It's just funny that you're you're right. She is so weighed down by her generational yeah. thought that she can't see that uh, she is feminist. Right. Ultimately, I think. Yeah. What strikes me about this scene is, you know, well, he did meet me halfway on the the two out of three, and it's like, he's never met her halfway on anything. No, she's trying to see the bright side. She's I trying guess, to yeah. see the bright side, but mm. I don't. There's... Well, she doesn't know how much worse it is. Correct. Well, at her at her yeah. most patient, at her most patient, and she's not at her most patient later this very episode. You know, she is she is able to meet Tony where he is very often, but it's when this other stuff that Tony's acquiring comes into the home that right. it really it's any time it gets thrown in her face yeah right if she doesn't know about it she can kind of do okay but she knows about a lot of stuff now which is really unfortunate because for a guy like tony were it not for the extramarital affairs like i uh, carmela would definitely still be dealing with depression and guilt and issues that come up with being the wife of a mob boss but were it not for the gumars Carm would be a great wife to Tony, really. Uh, 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 she is a good, great wife to I him. was going to say. She is a great wife. It's not, it's uh, not an if. But, but what I mean is, like, it would not be strained to the point that it is. You know what I mean? Like, she'd put up with a lot of his shit. 
if it oh, were, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, because the least he can do is, like, make her feel special. Mm, yeah. And also, I mean, like, you go to, I know it's it's cultural with the Gumar stuff, but it, it's also you go find something that your current partner is not giving you or able to give you, right? And so I think what Carmela's trying to do is find out what that stuff is. Maybe mm. not entirely in this episode, but yeah. in general. And um, we even see it with the pranking, right? Like, mm. she'd play with him. It's just not that way. That's mm. not her, you know? Mm-hmm. I think you guys are so right. This is a fascinating discussion to just hear, by the way. But, like, take the first few minutes of this episode. It's in the kitchen. Um, certainly Carmela's domain in the house. She knows that shit, and she can cook like nobody's business. And she's tending to Fiorio. Fiorio is a foreigner. He speaks the language fairly well. He is respectful. He is demure in that kitchen, even as he clearly is intensely interested in her. Tony walks through that kitchen like it is the kitchen of a restaurant that he owns and she works in. <laughs> that's his. That, that's kind of how he relates to her. So it's yeah, she's she needs something else. Well, we were talking about the beginning. Money is about human need. And Carmela's needs can be enigmatic, but that's partly because they're not tended to. Yeah. Well, and Tony's not a person who's ever good with enough, quote unquote, mm. right? Because when he has enough, he looks for more. Mm. He'll, he'll never be satisfied. That's exactly yeah. right. And so that's why, like, he'll never be able to meet Carmela halfway because he'll never find... A half that he's happy with. Correct. Yeah. Nope. Next scene at the stable... Hi, oh my. I just want to put little notes in these next couple, this next exchange between Tony and Ralph for a later discussion. But uh, Piomai is a little colicky. Tony and Ralph, they're hugging. They're they're the best they've been in a long time, Tony and Ralph. They're making money together. Ralph hasn't been particularly volatile lately. They're hugging. Piomai mentions the mentions the horse, the colicky. Ugh, what's this costing us? Line from Ralph. I just want to put a little little note on that for later. This is the happiest I've seen Tony in this episode. Yeah. When he's with the horse. Yeah, yeah he's around animals. He loves this horse. Yeah. He loves this horse. Valentina. We meet Valentina La Paz. New character here. Ralph's dating her. And he's... the shorthand on the show is so good that the second you see her, you know it's a problem. Oh, uh, yeah. Before any words are spoken, you're like, ah, Tony wants And then it. you hear her last name, La Paz, as if there's going to be any peace in this episode. Yes. <laughs> She's yes. going to help with any of that. Oh, yeah. nice work, Lily. That's awesome. I hadn't thought about it at all. <laughs> Cuban and Italian, you're a dangerous combination, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> but La Paz is the peace? Yeah. Nope. <laughs> She does this prank with the horse shit. Very funny moment. I just enjoyed that. We get a little sense of who she is. She's a more more playful person, perhaps, than we've seen in this in this sphere of, of person. This is a season in a world, let's not forget, where a joke can almost get people killed. So. Well, uh, and there it is. The first conjuring of the memory of Tracy, you know, being that uh, you'd better be careful. You have to make sure that this guy, guy has a sense of humor, or whatever that line is. I'm yeah. paraphrasing, but yeah. yeah. And Ralphie finishes by saying... Why are all you going around stepping in horse shit? It's got to be an accident. Fucking sick, all he is. <laughs> so that's interesting. We'll stay with that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then she, when she talks to Tony, this um, I find this character very tedious, frankly. Um, I think that's deliberate. I don't even think Tony's hesitating about getting together with her is about her. It's more about himself. It's more about his distaste for Ralphie. But there's something interesting and intuitive here. She seems to ask Tony, perhaps knowing the answer, having any fun yourself? Mm. Tony says, what, are you taking a survey? But he's not having any fun, yeah. even though he ostensibly should be. 
Oh, how's the life of leisure? It's fucking boring. Yeah. The only joy I can get is coming to see this horse. And, and now he meets this woman. There's flirty vibes right away between them. I mean, that's not even... The second Ralph is out of the room, she's... I, I, I see her questions and deme- demeanor toward him as very flirtatious. Sure. Oh, and she is thirsty in this scene. Yeah. <laughs> she knows, exactly. are you having any fun? Yeah. Come on, what yeah. else... What could the subtext be? It's so subtle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think she. I thought she meant like, are you going to Six Flags or anything with your family soon? But maybe, oh. maybe I'm just too innocent for this. I show. would yeah. love to see Tony at Six Flags. <laughs> to imagine him riding a roller coaster. Oh, why does that make me happy? Anyway, <laughs> I want him, Polly, and Syl on a roller coaster. Oh my god, the fucking photo is that. Okay, wow, that makes me so happy. Um, <laughs> fuck, Polly. You're gonna go on the ride or not? I want to instantly Photoshop that. Wow, that's amazing. If, if any of our listeners are good with Photoshop, please somehow put like Paul, Sill, and Tony in a roller coaster cart together. Guys, we are counting on you. <laughs> Somebody send us that, and we will feature it on all our pages and make the biggest deal out of it. Thank you. Anyway, <laughs> I love Ralph's line, Fucko, where's the hose? <laughs> any interest in art? Wink, wink. Cuban Italian, and uh, then we uh, cut to Green Grove. Anything comes up, emergency, you just push this button. Which one? The one I'm showing you. <laughs> I don't know why that makes me laugh so much. It's hilarious. Um, you guys did miss a big part before uh-oh. we go into the no, next. No, please. Right? Catch Ralph me. comes back from the hose and lays a big kiss on her like I'm, uh-uh. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He knows what can happen if Tony's alone. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, that, this is mine. That haunts Tony's memory later, yeah. And mm-hmm. we're also dealing with that with Pio Mai too, right? This mm. is mine. Yeah. Very good. Thank you. <laughs> what, what is that fucking buzzing? It's driving me nuts. The fuck? It's outside our home. I know, but fuck, it's gonna be in whatever. Let me hold Leave this. that in. Leave all this in. Fuck that host whispering shit. I mean, it's very apparent and loud in the fucking. Oh, good, it stopped. That fucking noise. Anyway, alright. <laughs> so, yes, thank you for that, Lily. Uh, and yeah, we move on here. They're gonna wait on you hand and foot over here. He's got little Paul. He's got he's got little Paulie and Benny unpacking her shit. Get the TV. Both of you bring it in. Did they bring my bath mat? Fifth time, Ma. Yes. <laughs> Nucci's so sweet. She's Love just. Her. By the way, couldn't be more opposite mom from Livia in every possible way. Sure. Uh, and I could hear her say "cookie." on repeat for the rest of my life. I don't care if she's sad, happy, (laughs) cookie. It's just... (laughs) So we meet meet Cookie and Minnie Matrone. They're, uh, yay. Yeah, (laughs) Cookie's there. Minnie is going to be moving in. Um, I I love, I love, this is one of my favorite lines in season four. This might be on my list. I don't get it. When I was young, you when I was a kid, you two were old ladies. Now I'm old and you two are still old. <laughs> have you ever experienced that? I ha- I have actually. I have. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. My nursery school teacher was my dad's nursery school teacher and mm-hmm. she was he basically had that feeling of like right. you were an old lady when I was yeah. now it's you're the, still old ladies. It's the principal Strickland syndrome. Yes. Right. 
There are some, like people, some people are just forever old. Yeah, <laughs> some people are just old forever. Yeah, have they always been like this joyless and dour? Yeah. And the appearance. Like, you know, some people have um, sort of an arrested appearance for years. Carol Channing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some people that just because of genetics or style or whatever, it's just like from 35 to 65, they look about the same. Yep. So you're like, okay. Yeah, good for you. God bless. Yeah. This is the worst of it yeah. with Nucci. I don't object to her character at all. I would do anything for Nucci. I love her. She's a pushover. Mm. Um, she believed this woman, Cookie Cirillo, when the woman, when she told her, I've been nothing but nice to yeah. my daughter-in-law. No evidence for that. <laughs> She's not even nice in the moment. <laughs> You've been nothing but nice to her. I know that. Yeah. It's like, good God. Yeah. Does Furio's dad have any extra cancer to pass around? Right. <laughs> this woman is exactly. infuriating. No wonder your son's wife wants nothing to do with you. Yeah. I'm certainly not a cookie apologist because I am always Team Nucci. However... <clears throat> I do understand being at a certain point in life and yep. just not wanting to hang out with people you don't want to hang out with. Mm-hmm. That being said, don't need to be that nasty cookie. Stop it. I love that we're a set group. We uh, eat together. We play Scrabble for money. <laughs> that killed me. <laughs> and there's really no room at either table. And oh. Paulie's like, well, yeah, I'm sure you'll, I'm sure you'll figure it out. Meaning, no, that's not going to be a problem. I'm going to make sure that my ma's taken care of and well integrated. So we'll come back to this. This is not going anywhere. We're just getting started with that. Tony's new media room. This is uh, awesome. I wish I had a room like this, but a lot of like rich people have these awesome like home theaters, and Tony's getting an awesome sound system installed. I think the reason they were able to do this on the show too is the actual real house built this other attachment if you if you've ever seen it's photos a pool house. yeah it's like a little but but yeah so it's a pool house but the house in seasons one through three didn't have that attachment so i think the actual owners oh, of the house built that so the show was like oh we have this extra thing to do something with let's make oh, it tony's movie room I see what you mean. so they that was an instance i think of real life yeah. affecting also just a, the show and i don't know if they use it more I, I assume they do but like a writer's wet dream like now every time we reference a film and he's watching it it doesn't have to be on like a little tv now he's like actually like watching the movie on the big screen mm-hmm. yeah. you know really hammer those uh reference points home any any illusions we do yeah i really hung on to the eight-year-old comment he made because this is what an eight-year-old would do if they have money and time and a popcorn machine. Right. Yeah, the no, popcorn. well, that's yeah, it. Yeah. It's like, if I, when I'm big and I have money, I'm going <laughs> to build a, a movie theater inside my house with a very own popcorn machine, and I can watch movies whenever I want. It's like, <laughs> woof, man. Like, not that saying that, like, by building a, a movie theater in your home, you're an eight-year-old. It's just like yeah. this one, falling asleep with crumbs all over you. It's yep. like, <laughs> he's a bored eight-year-old on summer vacation with no summer <laughs> camp or anything to do. And so he's searching for all of these things. Sure. None of which will actually make him less bored. Tony and Carmela can't hear each other, aren't com- can't communicate over the sound of the music, but they pretend they do. doesn't take a genius to figure that metaphor out. Cute and... to say he, they can't communicate as if he could have just turned that down for a second. Said, <laughs> I'm sorry, to wake sweetie, you up. I didn't hear you. <laughs> yeah, she says she's going Couldn't out. Could possibly communicate that way. Yes. <laughs> yeah, she's going out, and he's like, "What well, time do you want me to wake you up?" There, they have no. And then she says a follow up to that, and he's just like, "Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah." Like they they didn't hear a word the other said. See ya. This is another acquisition, ostensibly. He says mm-hmm. for the whole family. Um, yep. But Carmela wasn't involved in this. As Lily said, this was like presumably a kind of quick, immature buy. 
I mean, come toy, on, toy for him. What, what fantasy world is are, is the Soprano family watching a movie together? He and Carmela are not in the best of terms right now. AJ is at the age where he wants nothing to do with either of them. He wants to get away from them as fast as possible. Right. Meadow's going to come from Colombia. Come on. Well, but even before that, did they, other than around a dinner table, did they the four of them ever sit down together? Very rarely. Yeah. Very the four very of rarely. them, like I can think of Tony and AJ on the couch. I can think of you know I can't think of a time in previously that all four of them would sit down without food. Mm, yeah, right. they weren't going to watch The Matrix together. <laughs> so, he uh, he's brushing off popcorn, he gets up for another bowl, he's bored as fuck. And, and the fugitive is on the fugitive which is Joey on. Pants is in. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That's oh, right. That oh, my funny. God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that, that cute. Is There's no scenes with him in it there, but he, yeah. Uh, so he's bored, reaches in the pocket, not the first time he's going to look at uh, this card, Valentina. Hmm. She is purposely a shade of Gloria Trillo in, like, every way, isn't she? Oh, yeah. Yep. Like, not only in appearance or, like, her sort of uh, sensuality, but also just that, I mean, she's an art dealer. Is that really so different from being a luxury car salesman? No, she's like, a salesperson. Right, if you're a good salesperson, the, you can sell anything. Right, it's the same thing. Uh, again, there are individual people. They have slight personality differences, but to Paul's point, it is sort of a less compelling right. on the she's, studio. She's Hydrox Gloria. I, yeah, and Gloria yeah. was Hydrox Livia. Two life. brunette Jersey girls yeah. look at with it. fur coats that are saleswomen. Look at it structurally. In the episode where he met Gloria, he is risen in season three. Business was, life was busy. Thanksgiving, business, shit with Ralphie. Junior said, you find your pleasures where you can. He Tony had met Gloria once for three minutes. He couldn't resist. Here he meets her, he bangs her, he's like, enough's enough. And then so bored he keeps calling her he keeps fumbling <laughs> around with this shit about Ralphie yeah. and there's some I think I think there still is something dangerous about this we'll get back yeah, yeah. to the Ralphie stuff we know what what the threat is to Tony's marriage it's just it's done in a different way um, as I said I think the character's tedious I don't think the performance is bad at all I think this woman's really funny it's not an issue to say that she's tedious is not it, it, it's fine if it's by design mm-hmm. it, I think it is by design she's not Gloria She's, we've been down this road before, it's a pattern, and it's deliberate. They mean, you know, something, that was a great question uh, that came up when we were studying drama in school, when it's one of the first things you learn, is like, is something good or bad? Depends on what the director wanted. If you leave The Godfather laughing every three minutes like you're watching a slapstick, (laughs) somebody did something wrong, that's bad. But if you watch a different movie that is a slapstick comedy and you're laughing, well, that's good, right? So what, it's, well, what, what is, what was the intent of the creator? And I think, great performance, great writing, no complaint. It, that's to say, she's a tedious, more tedious Gloria. I like that word for her. Uh, so I wasn't charmed by her. I was charmed by Gloria, if that makes sense. And Absolutely. that has nothing to do with the skill of the actress yes. or the writers. The threat to Tony's marriage was literally Gloria finding a way to get time alone with Carmela. Huge red flag, huge mm. danger zone. Here, Carmela finds one of her gaudy, stupid fingernails. Mm. It's like, ugh. Yeah. Humiliating. Yeah. Humiliating. Yep. He's getting Piomai painted. Takes him to this artist. What about this deadbeat? <laughs> anyway, we can crop him out. Uh, you can go with the pastoral, whatever. And I don't know about all that, but leave me in, crop this guy out. So, <laughs> also probably more than a little intentional, but like he splurged on his home movie theater. It's sixty five hundred dollars to get this horse painting. 
he does anything he wants with money, and he just keeps those purse strings so tight on Carmella when she yes. wants an investment cash, mm-hmm. you know? That's such a... Yeah, Especially it, because whether or not she's successful at it, like, her way will breed more money. Of course. Yeah. yeah. He spends another probably couple grand on that horseshoe diamond ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Tony's just, um, he's fucked up, man, when it comes to this stuff. He really mm-hmm. is. I like the artist's reaction uh, when Tony pulls out the money. I don't think he's had, you know, white yuppie business people go in there for a painting and pull out 6500 in cash right there. Mm-hmm. He usually probably gets checks or yeah. half, you know, gets like a, a, a some kind of deposit. And then, you know. <laughs> that could also be Tony showing off a little bit, maybe. Oh, um, sure. There's also a great moment when he's showing the uh, reference picture that he wants for the horse, which yeah. has both Tony and Ralphie. And I, I believe the line is, can you just cut out this deadbeat? Yeah. <laughs> right. uh, and on that same theme, very nicely deliberate thing, where the the, uh, the painter himself, right? Mm. He misaligns the name to Pi O Mine. Yeah. Mm. My. You what? No. My. Yeah, <laughs> very funny. My. But possession. Yeah, this of course. Right. Key in both the Pi O Mine scenario and what's about to happen with uh, mm-hmm. Girly Girl. Right. Oh, that, sorry. Exactly right. And, and there's this, this parallel, of course, of acquiring the horse and acquiring the girl. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, Tracy has to be in the back of your head through all this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was the word they described Tracy as? Thoroughbred. Thoroughbred. And then talked about her chompers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lovely. So, <laughs> Valentina and Tony, quote, stop and eat something. I'll leave it at that. Uh, <laughs> they... Did fine with this, you know. They're having a good time out in the country. Tony goes to the bathroom after. She sits down to their meal. And she does this classic salt prank. My uh, And I like how she lures him in, too. Uh, you know, let's eat it before it gets cold. Mine needed salt. Very, very well played. He dumps it. <laughs> Fucking Hicks can't even get this right. He's scraping the salt off. His she ruined what looks like a beautiful steak, by the way. Uh, and he's just, he's like, it's not funny. <laughs> it is. Yeah, so he's now the butt of the prank and they're, they're being playful here. He takes his, oh yeah. You know, he takes her plate, hangs it out the window. It's understated by the way, but he actually drops the plate out the window when they start kissing again. So <laughs> that's, that's kind <laughs> He of killed funny. the man below. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cut, out the Wil- cut out the Wilhelm scream. Tony escapes FBI, <laughs> massive criminal conspiracy, but gets locked up and arrested for killing a guy with a plate. <laughs> in Elvis country. Man killed by an omelet. We will not be mentioning any of this to Ralph. Important plot note we're going to get back to very shortly. Oh, I lost a nail. Shit. Her na- Chekhov's nail. They do a good job. <laughs> <by> <laughs> nice. They do a good job, by the way, of making her nails very prominent. The close-up on her hand as she's unscrewing the salt, so you see that you see them, and they're big, gaudy Jersey girl nails with diamonds on the top and all this mm-hmm. shit. Yeah. Later, she's got nails that are even bigger. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. So they make sure to feature that prominently, so you remember it for reasons that we'll see very shortly. He goes to get the horseshoe pin. I oh, it's a pin. It's a little brooch pin, I, I thought think. it was a ring, yeah. No, yeah, pin, of course. Uh, and I love the little detail where he writes one. He's been down the road with the overly attached uh, Gumar situation. So he writes, love, Tony. Can I get another one? Sincerely, Tony. Very cool little detail there. Uh, love the writers. Uh, and the use of the horseshoe, the whole thing. Yeah, the horseshoe, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and poor Nucci. She hits on 18. <laughs> it's casino night. 
At, I was hoping for a three. Anybody else deserved that, though. <laughs> yeah. But not my new cheese. Yeah, that's the funny yeah, thing, too. Is like, because, it, especially because Cookie would have had... 21. 21. It's like, that's a, that's a no. I get, I get why Cookie's annoyed, but you don't have to be a jerk. That's all. <laughs> yep. Well, yeah, it's, it's the jerk thing that matters. Because any, any decent person, forget friend, would have just been like... Oh, sweetheart, it's actually, it's you don't hit on 18, just I could it. be at a casino and I wouldn't have freaked out right. that way. A stranger to will a stranger. actually tell you, hey, 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 actually, don't don't hit on that 18. It's, it's You're almost certain to lose. Even the dealer mm. could have been like, I'm dealing at an old right. folks casino. Yeah. Well, but even um, if I had still said yes, someone might have looked frustrated, but they a stranger probably wouldn't have treated me that way. Right. Well, and unless they had a lot on the line, these but. are all good points. Even and somebody who's legit frustrated, like this would probably what Nucci does there is like probably something I would do playing blackjack. <laughs> and if I was like sitting next to Jordan, Jordan could legit be like, "Paul, what the fuck?" Um, <laughs> but then if I was sad and walked away, I assume Jordan wouldn't like self-satisfied smirk to right. his friends next to him because he gets because this woman gets some kind of psychological joy out right. of that kind of thing, as yeah. I assume Ralphie's mother did. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, or just basically like go to the roulette table, you fucking idiot. Yeah. You know, which is is the tone. Right. Well, she's a mean girl. She was probably a mean girl her whole life. Uh, yes. So this next scene is there's a lot going on in this next scene, and it's upsetting and funny and dark and weird. But Tony, fresh off this trip in the country with Valentina, dumps some cold water on Carmela. By the way, not you know she's she she's humming that. Furio theme. theme, I'm going to call it now, this Italian song that he was playing at the housewarming that's in her head every time she's fantasizing about him. And he dumps this cold water over the shower. Innocent enough, definitely annoying. I wouldn't want to be on the receiving end of this. <clears throat> but they have this confrontation. You did that to me on our, what was it, honeymoon? honeymoon. And he tells you I didn't like it. And I made you promise you'd never do it again. Yeah, but it's fun. You can do it back to me. Tony wants to be playful. And Tony is bored. And uh, listen, Obviously, I am not making Tony the victim in this marriage, but he's unfulfilled too. That's that's another thing I took from this. Is there's something from this marriage and this life that he's in that he is not getting? Yeah, it's not Carmela's fault though. Uh, I that's what that's why I said I, just, I, I, I think I hesitate. it's an important distinction. Sure, sure. There is nothing she could do to fulfill him. Well, right. Well, I guess he wants to be. Ex- well, there's a lot of things Tony wants, but Tony wants to be excited in the same way. That he gets excited with Valentina, but it's a totally different woman and a totally different experience, mm. and you can't treat two women the same yeah. and expect the same experience. It's just you know Tony is always going to be faced with the fact that he's put no work into his own marriage. Right. So whenever he tries to be playful with this person who doesn't want to particularly be playful with him, yeah. how could he be disappointed with the results? You right. Know? But again, it, it, I think it's just the wrong kind of playful. Right? With the cold water bit? Yeah. Just try something else or, you know, like, that's the point. It's I think like, in his mind he was trying something else. It just was not, that was not well, it. Well, but he knew, he had contact. He probably forgot, which I'm innocently sure he forgot. enough. I'm sure he forgot. Innocently enough. Like, that's not the worst thing he's done to her. But right. it's like, you know, even if, think about it this way. There is nothing karma, she keeps a beautiful home. She keeps him fed with amazing food. They've raised... Children, I won't call them. <laughs> right? Um, Meadow's doing fine, so, you know, right, at this point. Own, She's yeah. doing all right. And I suppose AJ's still young, right? But if he said to her, I'm going to buy you this dress, I want to I bring you out on Saturday night, Gumar night, that's never going to happen. Right. She would do it. Mm-hmm. 
so that's my point of like there is nothing she could do because he's a never going to communicate what he wants and b what he wants would go against any kind if if it's with Carmela and in a, mon a monogamous relationship he's not going to ever do it because culturally that doesn't make sense Mm -hmm. you know, he's not going to bring Carmela to that same dinner at Vesuvio with the blonde chick and the other right. Carmela doesn't fit there right yeah. and not because it's Carmela because she's his wife I'm, yeah. I'm just very surprised that throwing cold water on your wife doesn't make her hot for you <laughs> <laughs> well yeah I think Lily has a great point that like it's all about context right so God when we started this podcast you told me someday I would compare the sopranos to jackass. Uh, I'd call you a jackass, but here I am. You know what this made me actually think this conversation. I've thought a lot about when I watch because I'm a I'm, it's a it's a guilty pleasure. I like the jackass TV show, the Hell movies, yeah. and you watch them and they're all having fun. And it's just like oh my god, it's so funny. They're hitting each other in the balls. They're shaving each other's heads unexpectedly when they're not you know they're not waiting for it. And it's just like it's fun to watch. But also, I would not want to be friends with those people. But if you're one of their friends, you have to expect bad shit's going to happen to you. Because that's the culture of that group of... It's like, you're oh, I'm hanging out with Johnny Knoxville and Bam Margera. So I'm going to get hit in the nuts. What are you saying? But what I'm saying is, I would not expect one of you guys in this room, as much fun as we're having to hanging out today, to smack me in the nuts, to run a, a razor up the side of my head. To and we don't, we don't have that kind of pranker, pranky relationship. Mm -hmm. People have that. But what I guess my point is... Lily was right in saying that what works for some does not work for others, and yeah. Carmela does not appreciate this. Oh, I agree. He can't treat the two women the same and expect the same result. They're yes. not the same woman, it's not the same situation. Exactly. Also, overall, like a lot of, I think, good fights depicted between couples who are having trouble of various kinds, it starts off so frivolous and goes pretty quickly to actually kind of the crooks of a problem. Mm. At, I think, which is in large part why I chose Carmela's quote as yeah. our quote. This is one promise I would like you to keep. What a brutal line for such a frivolous, dumb thing, right? Yeah. That's a brutal line. Um, you Tony lie has... to me about everything. Can I please just have this? Yeah. Rough. Tony that's has rough. no response except shrugging it off, whatever. Well, because that's her emotional temperature. That's how tense she is about that. Right. This is what. This is where she's at. He doesn't realize it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or doesn't care. Or doesn't care. I'm glad we talked this over. I feel a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> Paulie visits uh, Bergen <laughs> North High School to see this guy. Chucky. I was thinking about Jordan this whole mm -hmm. scene. Mm -hmm. Me too, yeah, actually. I, I was... Let me ask you this as an educator, Jordan. Uh, first, before we get into like the actual content of the scene. Sure. Would you rather deal with drama among high schoolers or senior citizens as someone who works in education? What 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 would intimidate you more? So, interesting <laughs> response. Um, high schoolers, of course, but... What you learn from dealing with the high school kids, behavioral issues, which we deal with multiple times per week and, and all that stuff, and I, and I work in, like, quote-unquote, like, nice school, um, high school never ends. You know what I mean? So uh, what I love in this episode, and we're about to talk about it more with these subsequent scenes, is we have the same problems going on in the nursing home that we have going on in high school, where there is bullying and exclusion and hurt feelings and all that stuff. There is no period of life where those things are, are not part of it. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? A lot of people will say things that are correct. I, I understand the statement of like, oh, that's so high school. This is just like high school. But really, it's just because high school is like life. We just put you inside one building. But it is a microcosm. High mm -hmm. school is the little society. 
Um, and you hope that you can make that the best society you can, but it has all the ills writ small that any larger society has, right? Mm. So, but people struggle with popularity and acceptance and wanting to be liked and hoping that they fit in at every stage of their lives. It just is really sad to see someone going into the last stage of their life and still having those things. So I guess I would prefer high schoolers because there's that hopefulness that maybe if you correct enough things, right, that they will go off into the larger society and make the larger society a better place, just like you've striven to make your small society great. But by the time you get to the nursing home, it, they've already, like, lived a life. There's no fixing Cookie. Yeah. She's never going to be a better person. That's just who she is. And the principal kind of says that. No. You know? Yeah, these uh, old he, He's not really trying to be a jerk. He's kind of saying, like, uh, how much am I going to change this 90-year-old woman? Uh, I, I hope things are better for Nucci by the end of this episode, but in reality, it's probably going to be still really difficult. Uh, I mean, uh, I, short answer, too late, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, high schoolers, always. Because <laughs> you, you try to get them to see the trajectory of this. When you're trying to talk to someone like Cookie, it's like, I'm, I'm at the end. I, I'm done. There's no there's no trajectory. This is, this is it. Yeah. Well said. Well said, yeah. So Tony brings him this... <laughs> Obviously stolen bag, uh, <laughs> as a as a gift. I love Tony uh, Paulie for all his the fact that he's. Oh, you think that bag was stolen, Chris? Uh, it might be. I'm sure he put it on I'll his credit card. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait. Paulie can sometimes be uh, as 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 subtle as a sledgehammer, but I actually like the way he plays this for what it's worth because Paulie actually cares about it, so he's trying to do it the best way he can. He's trying to charm him, but I love the little threats in there. Yeah, talking about his behavioral problems. Heck, I'm still capable if I don't watch myself. Yeah. <laughs> Let's face it, Chucky. With the cops, too. With the cops, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's Got in trouble. Yep. Right? Yeah. And we get, you know, perhaps the with the way Paulie turned out, perhaps Nucci might have been too nice a mother, because I don't mm. think Paulie had a positive father figure, and she probably got him out of trouble with the local cops all the time. He's a good boy. I'll take care of it. Yeah, probably not her fault, though. It oh. seems like, even by his own admission, it seems like she was a great mom and he was just a hellraiser. Yeah. And it nothing, happens. And it does. Nothing she could Absolutely. Do. Yeah. Absolutely. But, uh, I, there's, God, there's something sweet about this sociopath trying to make life better for his mom. I, I, I just... Well, this is the whole reason why this show works in the first place. Yeah. This was the original formula. Right. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So... It, they kind of, they don't really come to any conclusions. Whatever you can do, Paulie says, they shake hands. Chucky is smart enough. You know, you don't become principal at, at high school like that if you don't have some brains. And uh, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you all could have seen Jordan's face when I said that. Anyway. <laughs> I've worked with some. I've worked with some. Let's just move on. <laughs> Well, yeah, we won't go down. We won't go there. But uh, so, so he he's, he gets the point is he gets Paulie's threat, and he he is not certain he can do anything. But Paulie Paulie made the point, and we'll come back to this. Isn't he scared of his mother too? Yeah, I mean he doesn't like he. I, the, they're banking on him. Most being Italian more boys sp- are. Oh, yeah. Cirillo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, I'd be terrified of Cookie Jesus. Yeah, yeah the yeah. gangsters are banking on him being more afraid of like more limbs getting busted up, which he smartly is and his <laughs> wife smartly is. But yeah, mm-hmm. he he can't even look at his mother in that last scene. Next scene, Carm finds the fingernail. <sighs> Rough. She throws the shirt. She's upset. 
great Carmilla acting here in this very short moment. Not what she wanted to see. Worst, po- not not that there's ever a good time to find your mistress, your husband's mistress's fingernail in his clothes, but worst possible time for it to happen as well. Well, not only on. that, I mean, it's deeper than that too. Now, Carmilla doesn't know that he knew she lost a nail while they were doing it, uh, but that just shows how careless he is because if he cared that she would find out, they would have found that nail in the room, but they didn't. Right? He wasn't scared even a little bit she'd find out, which is made extremely clear by her finding it, whether she knows they knew or not. Because he's always been a little more careful. He found out about Arena. She found out about Arena because she called the house. Mm. Right? He's always been pretty careful. And he's at a point where he clearly doesn't even care, or, or he's so arrogant he thinks she couldn't find out. But I just don't think he cares. Mm. Yeah, the yeah. humiliation, the, I don't know, the assumption that she's stupid, mm. that she's not going to be able to, she, she's un, she has unraveled much better executed conspiracies than this, mm. so. And yeah. the deliberate of the nail, right, by looking at that nail, you know she's young, you know she's got a different kind of taste. Um, I wish we could all see Right, face it's a right very specific, <laughs> a very specific kind of woman has nails like those and Carmela is not that woman. Yeah. Long nails, fake nails, sure, but not like that. Mm. You'll never see Carmela with nails like that. Mm-hmm. Or anybody Carmela's friends with. Again, mm-hmm. maybe fake, maybe dolled up, but not like that. Yeah. Nails like that are cheap. Cut to this scene at a restaurant. The boys are out with the Gumars. Uh, Tony's still that's around with Miss Reykjavik over there. Yeah, yeah, the the, the thin blonde uh, that he's. I completely forgot about her. They've been getting together. It seems like they yeah, worked yeah. something out with the schedule. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we <laughs> So even then, Valentina's like a gumar on top of a gumar. Oh, yeah. so he's piling them up. Tony, <laughs> Tony's get it together. Yeah, this is bad news. I mean, he's juggling them like it's 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 unbelievable. Uh, Patsy and his Gumar a very funny exchange uh, 50 years of Chicken Mario <laughs> Chris what are you giving me a hot time for <laughs> I love that at this point his Gumar is like another wife for him yeah yeah exactly 15, 15 years, years of Chicken Mario yeah yeah, yeah exactly Jesus. Uh, a lot I, of I, stuff I, getting old <laughs> yes um, yeah I want a steak uh, you don't need a steak I know I don't need a steak <laughs> this is yeah, dude, well, I mean you're going outside your marriage for that yep yeah Ralph, <laughs> Ralph shows up with uh, Valentina. Maybe this was planned. Maybe it wasn't. But they, he says hi. He's not with the group. And uh, you the one that pulled that horse shit stunt. Chris says <laughs> nice line. I guess that story got around. Ralph's death did horse shit. Uh, and uh, they go off to eat by themselves. I love the detail. Ralph takes salt shakers. <laughs> <laughs> with him as he goes to the bathroom Valentina's trying to get Tony's attention to scoot off Tony goes plays it off like he has to make a phone call on the payphone I was thinking how different this show would be if it were a cell phone era I mean oh, they yeah. have cell oh, phones yeah. but like smartphones like there's yeah, no yeah. restaurants don't have payphones anymore right no huh yeah yeah it's just a cyber I did briefly skim over this scene right before this where Chris and Silvio are off at the bar talking about whatever this deal is going on in Perth Amboy with the, the unions and uh, Tony, they catch Tony up on it and he gets pissed off at the choice they made. You want us to, you know, do something different, we'll do it. I'm trying to free myself up. 
he's 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 you know he's trying to step back, but he's not. <laughs> he has to micromanage and get involved and make the decisions and make them feel stupid. Yeah, I'm trying to free myself up to think globally yeah. about nothing global at all. In fact, just you know <laughs> about just fucking another woman, just you know, <laughs> fucking globally. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he just. He just needs his life to be complicated. I, I yeah. don't know how to put it another way. I don't know. They have this conversation. I don't want your, your, your what is it, consolation prize, did she say? Yeah. And hands him back, pen, tries yeah. to give him back the pin. I don't got morals, but I do got rules. That's an interesting quote. I, what, some Dago Macho bullshit about, you know, fuck your friend's girlfriend? Yeah, that. His delivery on that line <laughs> is murder. Yeah. And Gandalf and he says, yeah, that. I'm just, I'm dead on the floor laughing. <laughs> and, uh... She's already very attached to him. We've seen this happen before. Tony has a knack of making women attached to him very quickly. Well, it's the kind of women that he is attracted to. Yeah, yeah good point. Yeah. I think it's a later beat, but when she says, I'm not going to say I love you, I always say that too fast. I'm like, don't say anything like that to this man. <laughs> <laughs> Look, she's, she's cutting here, waving multiple red flags. Yeah. And now we get to the meat of what I would say is the back half of this episode. Uh... With when it comes to Tony and Valentina, I don't want to be where Ralph Cifaretto has been. A one-time thing is one thing, but to get into a relationship. And then she drops this interesting bit of info that is consistent with what little we know of Ralphie. He's some kind of freak or something. You don't fuck Ralph. No. Well, sort of, yeah. <laughs> and Tony's like, have a nice life. We shouldn't go back together. Played very smartly. He goes back, but basically says, nope, I don't care what you're about to say. I'm done. And uh, he, he goes back to the table. Uh, I never heard this line before somehow, but she goes back after Tony and Ralph says everything come out all right. Yeah. <laughs> that's Ralph. Great. That's so Ralph. romantic. <laughs> oh, I'm like, that's something I would, I would say to Lily, but we've been married for years now, so <laughs> the romance is, is gone. Yeah. We're very unhappy. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes, we know. We oh. both say with a huge smile. <laughs> Carmela is stewing about this all night as her husband is out with not only one other woman he's been with, but rebuking the affections of another woman he's been with recently. She's not only stewing, she's reading the mists of Avalon. Feminist text. <laughs> Big feminist text. Yep. I'm not a feminist. Core feminist text. By the way. Yeah. I threw it across the room, but not because I was mad about anything. I just thought it was boring. And that the author turned out to be an abuser, but uh, fuck that. Who cares? Yeah. Um, the, uh, yeah. Uh, deliberate choice. She chucks it and makes her move. She puts on the robe. This is an interesting situation because this shows that she is not dumb obviously we know that she's not dumb but she's not oblivious to tony's lies and what he's doing and she conf the first episode of season four she sees tony out there with the bird feet and he gives her some excuse and she accepts it so she knows things but she compartmentalizes and now that things are unraveling for her it's like okay you we're gonna play let's play and she gets on a robe goes out there tries to shake the lock loose doesn't work she grabs a shovel starts hammering at it she realizes this is futile but uh this is i don't know we've seen this particular side of carmella this no because carmella side. normally would have been more subtle like if you take a shovel to a lock and you get it open like tony's really gonna know what happened yeah 
right? And we'll find out later on the episode, but yeah, she doesn't care either. He's going to lay a nail. I'm going to steal his cash. Yep. It's a nice, uh, yeah, it's a nice beat. As Jordan said, it's ramping up because it doesn't work, but you've established for the audience already that she's frustrated and now she's got a path. Mm-hmm. She's going to try this and next time, as Lily pointed out, she'll do it smarter. Hmm. Next day, or maybe a day or two, whatever, at the Bing, Tony is gets a call. I love how he's noticing already, you got no reason to be calling me. And she is trying to explain what she was getting at the previous night, which is Ralph is, quote, loco. He does not have sex. He uh, asked me to drip candle wax on his balls and then jerked himself off in the bathroom. Now, I don't call that having sex with somebody, do you? Tony is like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, Jesus <and> Christ. <laughs> she says, he, he asked me to rub his dick raw with a cheese grater. He's like, oh, Jesus. Like, he's like, what? And that's when he's had enough of, of, of that. And she's not hung up. And she's not hung right. up. She's, she's, she's you know, she, she, she's done girls, threesomes, whatever. So she's not saying this as, like, I'm a prude. She's saying it as, this is too fucked up for me. And uh, so this is interesting here. Interesting bit of news. What Tony's going to do with this next is much more entertaining. But uh, <laughs> So, yeah, he gets this information, and he's processing it. Silvio comes in with some mozzarella. We're having our own cheese fest here today, by the way, as we record. Paul's got a new gig as a cheesemonger and brought a whole spread for us today. It's been great. What was the first cheese we had? It was delicious. It's called a Daffinois. It's a French cheese. So, yeah, people come into the store. They say, oh, cheese fuck. Give us some, uh, <laughs> give us some of that Daffinois. Um, yeah. It was but delicious, it, yeah. And what Silvio is doing, I love like a nice mini mozzarella ball that's still fresh. Mm. And as he's munching on these mini mozzarella balls, he says he can't remember what made Ralphie beat the woman to death. Yeah. The last straw, of course, was her diminishing his manhood. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's funny. That She, of course, was aware of his proclivities as well. Yeah. yeah. I love the delivery. Actually, though. Lily, we were on that show together when you we were, were you were. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I didn't know, but you were trying to at least allude I, to yeah, something I didn't, in the well, future. I I respect policies. Yes, I am a compliant yeah. person, and uh, yeah, I knew this was coming, but you didn't. <laughs> I didn't want to spoil that. I didn't know, and yeah. uh, and now that I do, I I. <laughs> Well, first I respect your insight, but also just what good writing on the show that they've given us the breadcrumbs to that. Mm-hmm. That's great. I, I, I gotta give props to Silvio's delivery, which made me laugh, despite so the kind of the subject matter. You think Ralph's weird about women? I don't know, Tone. I mean, uh, he beat one to death for uh, her. <laughs> for a uh, wife. Oh, what was it again? <laughs> and, the, and, the, really and it funny. cuts there. Yep. Yeah. What a good edit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, his delivery is Cuts so right perfect. to Tony and Melfi. Right? <laughs> More digging, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Melfi, yes, Gumars have status, they're talking about Gumars, but Tony is, they're running out of time in their session, and... Well, he's even lamenting the the, the time, the past time of the Gumar, mm. right? When I came up, it wasn't so formal. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, 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 he wants Melfi's opinion on this, and she's, I love that uh, the session's ending, and I have somebody, I have a patient waiting. Well, you make me wait out there all the time. That he, But I love that he has to get a professional opinion on this. And the dialogue here is just so fucking funny. He's asking, he's trying to ask, well, he like, you know, she wants to, likes him to hurt him. And then he takes care of himself, his own needs. I always thought that kind of thing was sort of a run-up to the act. She explains the concept of paraphilias to Tony. Uh, and that, um, which is what? It's 
I want to look up the actual definition just because I'm not a psychologist. I know what it Paul is, but told I want to make sure I do it before, responsibly. And I it's, an un, it's an unusual yeah. sexual practice that is sort of a, a requirement for somebody. Who's so not just a fetish. Yeah, the, right. The hinge is that it's called abnormal, and you could ask what is abnormal. Right. But a fetish, a fetish could also be practiced between two people monogamously. It, it it often requires a great amount of trust and can be normalized in a healthy sexual relationship. Ralphie, a paraphilia is one I think where in the abnormality is extreme, dangerous, and is difficult in actually relating to another person. Mm. I just um, want to hold Paul accountable for what he says. Okay. Uh, the definition is a condition characterized by abnormal sexual desires, typically involving extreme or dangerous activities. Holy you nailed shit, it. Paul. Wow. <laughs> Very good. Wow. Final um, Jeopardy. Yeah. Nice yeah. job knowing about that. I am so, I am very strange with sex. No, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I think I'm, Paul, hey guys, you think Paul's weird about women? <laughs> oh no, Chris, he brought us that cheese. <laughs> <laughs> So, Where did it come from? That's yeah. a great way to get a woman. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> some, it, it, you can delight her by giving her a bit of cheese. I just read something like that. Very, like from an old book. It's I mean, it's helpful. I mean, I would be delighted. And I was delighted. So, yeah, so she brings up this concept of paraphilias and says that, like most things, we believe it's rooted in childhood. We can talk about this next week. Just a second. He continues. He continues pressing. He has to know specifically... Has Ralph, quote, had it, is it possible that he hasn't, that a guy like this dating woman didn't have any penisary contact with her Volvo, which whoever wrote that line yeah. of Unbelievable. the, of the I people. I want to give him a big smooch. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. It's a great malaprop. And, and it's so good. It's up there with MoFo. <laughs> for more food. Another Just quote. penisary contact would have been enough, but penisary Volvo. contact and Volvo in the same yeah. thing, just fucking slaughterhouse funny another candidate in this scene for the quote for the episode i almost chose was when tony says is everything about everybody really about their mother which brings us to something jordan mentioned in our pre-show we have to talk about ralphie and his mother yes uh, i want to hold that conversation until we get to that scene later on in the back of uh, crazy horse but yes she mentions the idea more than likely he had a controlling and domineering mother who would express herself uh, who who loved him but would express herself through humiliating or abusive acts. So let's come back to this because it's going to come back. Tony Tony hears it. What we did, um, you know, we did a callback to, to my appearance on university, but I do want to kind of take back my theory a little bit based on really listening to what Melfi had to say. And, like, it doesn't have to be deep-seated you know, homosexuality or anything like that. And something like that can make you hate women so much. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I don't necessarily believe that exact, but the paraphilia, the yep. mother, yep. all of that. Mm -hmm. Very, very, we'll go into that deeper. Tony calls Valentina, hangs up, can't bring himself to do it. He has to know specifically. Melfi says, it sounds like you're asking me for specific information that she is just not qualified to give. Tony knows somebody who <laughs> might have something. He has an expert. Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> totally normal, appropriate conversation to have with your sister. But by the way, a Mist of Avalon-like quest going to all these strange women trying to find out certain uh, things, by the way. Ah, uh, wow. Hey, maybe He's that on, was more interesting than I thought. It's on Arthur's journey. <laughs> <laughs> this scene is so sad with Nucci and Polly. I want to go home. 
Come on, well, you gotta sit up. I even got Nucci a card from the gift shop downstairs. I cared enough, and I sent the very best. And she starts crying. I have to laugh, but it's it is sad. Well, it's just because she's so cute. Yeah, and uh, they make me eat all alone. Polly is just devastated, as anyone would be if their mother was this sad and having trouble adjusting and well, finding. Well, eating friends. alone is like an Italian cardinal sin. Right, you don't yeah. eat alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Polly is. He has to escalate this, is the point, uh, at, by, by when she's just weeping in front of him and won't, won't even sit up. Cut to Naples, Furio and his uncle. I like this guy. <laughs> Very funny. Yeah, I like oh. this guy who's Furio's uncle. First of all, he's half his size, so it's a great sight gag. But, uh, Where did they find him? Yeah, like, the, you know, really cool actor. I like this guy. I, I like the, one of the translations. It's like, you know, uh, you know, he lives a full life. He had a lot of women. That's all that matters. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's the measure of a man. Yep. That's, that's all you can ask for in life. And uh, we've had confirmation from some of Furio's behavior. Him calling her in the car, tucking his glasses away and saying, I might have left my glasses there. There's a pretty picture of you. So we've had confirmation that this is mutual. But this is concrete. I love this one. Yeah, he just says it. Yeah, I'm in love with the boss's wife. Are you? Are you a stro- <laughs> Don't be a stroons, He tells the guy. Don't be an idiot. Uh, he had started off telling him, "Don't worry. Yeah. My brother had a lot of women." Yeah. But this, yeah. whoa! All the crazy shit I did Red in my fire. life. I never fucked the boss's wife. They find <laughs> out everything. These bosses. Mm. And then he. Uh, True. Correct. And then he gives the. Orbit. Then he lays it down in very and I love this because this is like, he gives it to him in like the old-fashioned literature sense. If you want the woman, you have to kill the man. You, that's the only way this is gonna work. You either you either find a way to fucking forget about it or kill him. There's that no, is some cold Italian mobster shit. Yeah, but there it's is also no, true. It's also right. true. There is no third. Tony option. will find everything he says is true. Yes, Tony will find out if that happens. Mm-hmm. He will be killed. Yep. This is life or death now. Yeah. Oh yeah. This is life, death. It's love. It's unbroken. This is operatic. This is this is great shit. Uh, but Furio says, "This I know." So he knows what, what choice lies ahead of him. He needs to either find a way to move on or kill Tony. That's it. There's no third option. Cut to Mario Batali's ponytail. <laughs> Which, Carmelo's in fantasy land. Uh, this whole thing remains a fantasy, even though we know it's meaningful and mutual. Mm. Whereas Tony's affair becomes real and it remains shallow and self-serving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about this scene in the back. We're going to talk about Ralphie, his mother. Uh, Ralphie's in the back of the crazy horse. In the back of the crazy horse. Yeah. A place called the crazy horse. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yes. He's uh, admonishing Adriana about uh, the fact that he, she should know he likes a bunch of olives in his drink. Which she shouldn't know. Yeah. <laughs> you should know your regular customers take your drinks. The regular customers are the ones who pay. Customer. <laughs> yeah. Love her response yeah. there. Yep. Uh... Tony brings up Valentina, and never been fucked so long or so good. Aid brings back a bowl of olives. <laughs> and, you know, you don't have to be snotty. Uh, as my dear departed mother would say, was it his mother? Did he yeah. say? Yeah. Oh, yes. You catch more flies with honey than you can with vinegar. Mm. And then she says, I must say you can tell everything about a man by the way he treats women. Never let yourself be talked down to by a loser. After he puts cash in her pants. After he puts cash in her pants and she throws it back at him. You know, Ralph hates women and and this is the women around him who aren't paid whores or the the gumar flavor of the week know this about him. It's it's not a secret, obviously. 
And Tony comes armed in this meeting with the knowledge he has from Melfi. Mm-hmm. Right, about what he believes Ralph's past to be. Mm-hmm. He asks about Ralph's mother. We're going to talk about this beat, and then let's get into it. How does he bring up the mother? He asks... Uh, uh, Ralphie mentions his mother. Ralphie mentions his mother. And then Adriano leaves and yeah, t- Tony follows up and he says, eh, she had her demanding ways. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, does your mother ever... I gotta go. That's as far as the whole conversation gets. Ralph doesn't finish the drink that he was very particular about. He doesn't eat any more of the olives, which Adriano brought him the entire bowl. And he goes off and his departing line is another cute line, right? The Mambo Queen awaits. Right, after the Mambo Queen awaits. For mm-hmm. Ralphie... I'm sorry. I'll just say this really briefly. For Ralphie, isn't this is different, but Valentina, it's exciting for Tony. For Ralphie, it seems Valentina might actually be part of a face that he is putting on. Oh, for sure. I've never been fucked so long for so good. We know that's not precisely it. It's not true at all. This is the woman on his arm who everybody looks at like, oh, she's beautiful and she's fun. She plays these jokes. But for Ralphie, it's like I, I'm looking normal. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, uh, it's great to have Lily back on this episode, because the last time we really meaningfully spoke about this was university, so right. we can kind of pick up where we left off. Sure. Yeah, Ralphie's a man in a mask, but, but what's funny is, th- there's a lot in common with the masked man and the man underneath. He, he hates women, mm-hmm. right? Uh, that, is, that is on the surface, but now we're kind of starting to get it, maybe why that is the case. Melfi has it exactly right in one, right? Uh, she, she says it's, it's the mother. Right, and Tony has to push not dip, not hard at all on that button for Ralphie to snap right up. It's not even a, I'll make a joke to divert. It's not a, I didn't have a great childhood, let's move on. It's, I'm out. Yeah. That's deep. That means it was really bad. Yeah. Whatever yes. it was, was very bad. So I'm going to assume, though of course the show never gets a chance to confirm this, uh, at least as far as I know, uh, I'll assume that Ralph was the victim of horrible child abuse. Probably, it had to be horrible. Or probably really... probably, probably horrible sexual child abuse, right? This it's... one simple beat and how yeah. fast he shuts it down and gets and just gets up when he was sitting there comfortably yeah. says it all to and, me. And not only has his ability to be sexually aroused been altered, uh, but also just he's been getting revenge on women for the rest of his life now. Mm. Uh, seems to be some of it. Yeah. It's hard because this is a character... Lily was here um, for the last one of the last beats where we saw this. This is a guy who's caused tremendous pain for people. He beat this woman to death out of sheer petulance. And if we are a pregnant re- woman, a, a pregnant woman who woman. is about to be a mother, ah, yes, right. a woman who's about to be a very bad mother, yes, mm-hmm. right, and uh, who abused her uh, own kid with right. cigarettes. She, uh, Tracy claimed it might have been Ralph's kid, but now I, I, I kind of subscribe to what Lily was saying. That was probably not. Uh, his mm-hmm. child, yeah. yeah. There's no way to know There's for sure. No, yeah. Well, I just don't... I'm, I'm not sure about vaginal penetration for him. Correct. Yeah. And here we're talking about... Which is... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Here we're talking about what Ralphie um, went through as a child, his own his own trauma. Mm. Um, and sadly, what has led him to this place where he is now very clearly exacting trauma on other people. Yeah. Dark stuff, but... Uh, interesting stuff, but dark. Back to Green Grove... The episode is cascading or climbing rather to its uh, to its conclusion because nothing gets released in this episode. This episode, this is one of those ep- ep- a ramp episodes. Yeah, I'm going to start calling ramp these episode. ramp episodes because nothing resolves really. Everything just gets closer to a boiling point and doesn't quite get there. But right, we're spoiler free, but we can say that the narrative is building to something in the next episode that explodes. Yes, yeah. yeah. So uh, 
we're back in Green Grove. I, we talked to had this conversation earlier, but the the director there, social director, talked <laughs> about it being high school with wheelchairs. Yeah, it's high school revisited. Yep. It certainly is. Uh, and, and we have those mirror scenes of the principal and the social director at, at the the community. Yeah. And Paulie asked a fair question. This place is expensive. All right, I'll talk to her. But what are you going to do for us? What we pay here? And she, this woman explains it from her perspective, what she's seen and probably been told and has looked into it. She cries a lot. Like Paulie's response, she's got a big heart. <laughs> and she, uh, well, what she's else? A tattletale. She, she's a tattletale. She she tells on the girls for the slightest infractions. Which... Sound familiar, Polly? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. And uh, she she doesn't always put her teeth in. And Polly's like, this is not good. <laughs> there we have Polly's button, hypochondriac. Yeah. Very concerned with uh, hygiene. Um, Lily mentioned his concern with uh, the, the the aesthetic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, if I were in Polly's position at that point, I would have the same kind of, okay, she cries a lot. The, you know, okay, she's a tattletale. That's kind of annoying. Oh, she doesn't put her teeth in. Like, because that's an indication of something else. Either she, what, because people put their teeth in. So why? Right? Is she not well? Is she not comfortable? It's kind of like, Forgive the analogy, but like you know, a cat is well when they're taking care of themselves. They take, yeah. they clean themselves, mm. they eat, they're doing things. And the same for a human, right? If you stop taking care of yourself, people take care of themselves. So something is wrong if if not. And for sure, teeth is a very easy mm. way to know that something's not right. Yep. We'll come back to it. We'll see how Paulie reacts to this. Uh, <laughs> Tony's on the phone. He's taking two phone calls at once. Valentina again. Uh, he's also chewing out Chris, still micromanaging, even though he's trying to lay back, but he hates laying back, so he has to constantly be chewing out Chris about something. And Valentina wants to just meet him to tell him something. She has some she has some news. Meet me at uh, Coach House on Route on Route Twenty One. I know I know right where that is. I pass it frequently. Cut to very quick scene. <laughs> I would love uh, to know what you would. Uh, what you would uh, do if you were teaching a class and all of a sudden your principal was being chased by two obvious mobsters? Right. I mean, the we would call the police. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Would they and would they be doing it in broad daylight in front of seventeen-year-old eidetic memory witnesses? Right. Who probably saw their fucking car pull up? Not the best idea in the history of the mob, but right. Holly, Holly's very emotional. Yeah. yeah. Also, just a, a funny scene. Yeah. Hugely it's, funny. Yeah. yeah. Kind of weirdly satisfying in a way to see a. This kind of <laughs> shitty, shitty <laughs> principal get chased down. Also funny because I think in Paulie's mind, Paulie, who's not very mature, is like, "Well, high school problems call for high school solutions, right?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> go beat this guy up in yeah. front of the school. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is funny, and uh, yeah. So then they these two convene at the bar. Tony's having a diet coke, which is we love diet coke. No, we love diet, diet coke. Big DC fan. But that's a signal that. That's, a, that's also a signal, I'm not having alcohol. This is, what do you have to tell me? This isn't a romantic mm. bar date. Right. I'm having Diet Coke, and you're going to tell me what it is you have to tell me. So Tony's trying to make it clear that he's not moving forward here. You know what would really got? Uh, Avion or whatever. Avion or whatever, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. She's very, she's funny. Yeah. She mentions that she's broken up with Ralph. 
And he last night he brought out this leather mask, and Tony's like, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the uh, mask again. Tony doesn't want to hear it. Nope. Mm. Uh, and then Tony says maybe the funniest line oh, in the history of The own. Sopranos: "I'm a happily married man with two kids." No, oh, jeez. <laughs> oh yeah, that's you mean that. Yeah. And she goes on, you know, I'm, I'm listen, I, I only, I, I'm not, I don't want anything big, just a couple nights a week. She knows he's married and has kids. She's trying not to demand too much. I usually say I love you too soon, but I'm, I'm working on that. It's definitely a head shaker and a red flag, but at least she's self aware. That's a, yeah. that's a bonus, right? Well, no, I'm just thinking, don't say that to this guy. Oh, no, of don't course. Don't even hint at it with this guy. But uh, <laughs> she's, uh, you know, she's making the case, and <laughs> Tony drops the line that gets him. Uh, perhaps rightfully smacked in the mouth. Oh, yeah. For one thing, I already took his horse. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> yeah, that's a gross line. It's yeah, a gross yeah. thing to say to a... To Come a, on, Tony. Um, <laughs> and he knows it. That's why he just kind of... Yep. Yeah, he's just... He's yeah. Like, yeah, right. Yeah, it's, 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 like a, it's like a little <laughs> nod. Be like, mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. I guess I should have seen that coming. Carmela, this is very cool. I like this. Uh, she uh, is investing this forty grand she took as we as we see on the sheet. She's put. She has four different financial firms on there. With did nine... we get the scene from her where she actually stole the money? No, we didn't talk about. We that. missed we it. But that? yeah, Tony oh. was in the shower. She we can just quickly do it now. His yeah, yeah. keys are on the table. She grabs the key. She opens the lock. Yeah, she I don't steals know how money. I missed that scene. That's okay. It's a nice, I mean, nice mirror of the earlier shower scene. Yeah, yeah. come on. Right. He did the thing where he put the water and he says, you can do it back to me. I don't want to do it back to you. She wants to do it back now. He's taking a shower. <laughs> He's humming the, the old Pink Floyd action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and she goes and gets the fucking Well, money. she pranks him, huh? Awesome. And <laughs> this is awesome, too. As you said, the, the bit. This, yeah. remi- this is like the Sopranos version of the... The bit in Shawshank, Andy visited 12 banks in the Portland area that morning. And I, right. I love her reaction when she sees him. She's like, I knew it. Like she has a face, look on her face like, I knew he was something was up with this. It, that, it's that validation for her. I'm not crazy. Mm-hmm. He is lying. He is hiding shit. Right. And fuck you. I'm taking a huge bundle. I love that she like splits. She doesn't take the full bundle, but she takes the bigger part of the bundle, mm-hmm. which I like. Mm-hmm. It's like that old joke, you cut a slice of cake and then you take the whole, the rest of the cake except the slice and you're like, oh, what are you guys having? Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know what's funny? At $10,000, we would have to report this to the IRS. Yes. I love that. And I she love... crosses out another she cro- Oh, oh, really? I, uh, <laughs> she's just dropping off 9900 dollars like yep. to to all four and she probably pocketed the, the extra you know couple hundred bucks there uh, in you know pocket, pocket money pocket change i'll go I'll shopping for them yeah Hell yeah so she's setting some up for herself which is at the at the more ugly side of this is that she's being vindictive and hitting tony where he'll feel it and the beneficial side is this will alleviate some of her financial anxiety. She has sure. now she has investments. But as an audience member, you basically only you like it. Yeah, You're like yeah. Oh, of course. Oh, I was I was never. No, liked. no, I, I know. But yeah, I'm saying, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. So good for her, and certainly anything that keeps the IRS out of your business, I am in favor for. It. <laughs> <laughs> Tony's at the mall again, bored, walking around. <laughs> I love these bored mall shots, and uh, he again, Valentina Lapaz. He can't let it go. Uh, if if he had something exciting going on, maybe he would have been able to. Move on, but he's just bored as fuck. He goes to Janice, who is... Uh, we don't have to touch down necessarily on how things are going with her and Bobby, because she's still... She's ironing on this logo, World's Greatest Dad with the two kids. Uh, this, this I have a question. I don't know if any of you guys know this. 
I remember these. I had an iron-on shirt of some kind of thing. Is this a sign of a period piece, or do these things still exist? These iron-on logos. Sure I remember that was a big exist. thing for iron a while. Iron-on letters are easy to find at any craft store. Really? Yeah. Okay, I wasn't sure if this is sh- I don't showing know that people are doing this as much anymore. I'd but... say not as big a deal. I remember you used to be able to go to, well, funny enough, I remember you used to be able to go to the mall, and like there would be these like middle-of-the-aisle mall kiosks that would put, oh, sure. put your kids on shirts. I don't really see those But anymore. about this year, I was doing stuff like this. Yeah, this was big around this time. That's yeah, why it made I me think so like... I, 20 years later, it's not as I big a DIY project. Yeah, yeah, like right. Yeah. I feel like now, as a kid, you would just like put your picture online into a website sure. and print out a shirt. You upload it, yeah. and they send it to you. And they send it to you, yeah. We didn't have that. In my day, I am on your own picture. But yeah, she's still uh, playing the you know concerned woman for Bobby and trying mm. to make that happen. I, she's doing better than he is. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of them's making an effort. Yep. Yep. Well, and in some ways, you know, listen, I hate Jan- Janice with Bobby because I love Bobby, but like, uh, for her trajectory, yeah, she's still using her, like, kind of sneaky, obnoxious ways, but Bobby's really good for her. He is. You're and right. we also are and coming in... And in some ways, like, I kind of root for it because, like, she's only had these, like, weirdo I abusive, absolutely root for it. But yes. also I hate Janice. Right. And, well, and we're also coming in at a point, context matters, we're coming in at this particular moment while she's being manipulative and self-serving to an extent... Janice hasn't been particularly egregious in the last couple of episodes. She's in a point in the show where she's not being the worst Janice we've had. No, this you time with I mean? the chicken marsala is not stealing somebody's leg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> Tony is here to ask uh, Janice the question about their sex life. And who, who would know more than you, Tony says. And she says he would. Ask him. And I actually Tony, love how she handles this conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I find this conversation insulting. And Tony goes, here we go. At which point he sits back and is just waiting it's for the very number. His Girl Friday, like back and forth type dialogue, right? <laughs> I find this conversation insulting. Oh, but I really want to know. How about $3,000? I thought it's a number you'd say yes to. Oh, okay. I really like that. And yeah. she picked the right number. She, they, these two know each other so well. It's, yeah. it's, it, this is I fun. thought it was a number you would say yes to. Yeah, you're right. right. You thought right. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> and so then I like... That's what I wrote down. I was like, this is what fidelity is on this show. Yep. It's like, pick a number. Um, that's also what Janice's uh, apparent outrage is. Yeah. It's and, the first gambit in the negotiation. And she says, uh, what have you heard? And he says, you pay me three grand, I'll answer your questions. And <laughs> he also gives a bullshit excuse about managerial things, comparing it to the military, which... <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not up on the latest protocols, but I do know there are certain levels of sexual depravity or codes of conduct in your sex life that the military takes particular interest in. I, I'm i not going to pretend to know why, but it is what it is. And uh, he wants to know for managerial reasons. And Janice explains he bottoms from the top. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> and he wouldn't. Uh, cut to... Uh, and, and, and she basically explains that Ralphie would need to control things, but pretend he didn't. I wanted to be dominated and uh, she would quote, fuck him in the ass with a strap on and, and make me call him his bitch. And, and, and so, <laughs> and he says, what about regular old fucking? I'm telling you, he can't get hard that way. Which is the exact thing Tony needed to hear to progress with Valentina. 
so right, it cuts into that scene. Right. Yeah, it's like immediate. Yeah. Like once he gets like he gets that news, you see the smile on his face. Cut to them finishing up and flopping down onto a bed. And her awful nails. Yeah, and she was so happy that he called, and he's like, "Well, it was, ne- you know, it was never you. It was just I needed to get my. I needed to be sure I could commit. Yeah, he wanted to, to, to actually lavish, uses that word to yeah, lavish to, all the care and attention on you that you should have. Yeah, that wife and two Hang kids on. isn't. Doesn't seem to be a problem anymore. That's so weird. That's what he said. Hang on. <laughs> this writing is so good. Put all the love and care and attention on... Lavish all the care and attention on you that you should have. Cut to him opening the bu- the bin in the backyard. And Carmela's taking care of herself, son. She got <laughs> that money, dude. And Tony does not... The look on Tony's face mm. is unreal. Yeah. That money, by the way, is hidden under feed for birds... For which he's trying to maybe lure the ducks back. Mm. There's a lot of symbolism going on there. Mm. The ducks leaving was losing the family. The whole thing, yeah. Let's let's get to that. I want to touch Woof, the. Let's, yeah. fin- let's finish up the, uh, the mini cookie, <laughs> Nucci thing. Uh, Chucky shows up, broken arm. His wife is doing the talking. You could tell that Chucky hates, is afraid of his mother. Hates having to tell her this and, and won't actually even look her in the eye. Does but, he? He doesn't even speak in this scene, does he? No, she, he just looks off to the side while his wife does right. the, the talking. I didn't live 84 years to have to be nice to somebody I don't like. Yeah. I guess it's a fair point. Not I mean, wrong, but still. It being... is a fair point if you're not also being actively nasty. Correct. Yeah. And uh, they threaten her. Listen, if you can't get into this, this is a stupid thing for your son to get hurt over. And if you can't get into the spirit of this thing, there's a nursing home in Irvington that's supposed to be very nice. Listen, I'm not going to denigrate neighborhoods of New Jersey, but uh, here's what I'll say to anybody who lives in the area. Take a drive through Irvington one day and then head up to Montclair where the Green Grove is. Well, the point and, is uh, it's not Green Grove. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's not just not Green Grove. Irvington is, let's say, they, they have some economic challenges uh, in, in Irvington. Got it. Um, the Salvation Army would be set up to help people in that kind of need. Yeah, so, so that's, what, that's what this woman needed to hear to cooperate somewhat. And she looks to her son for, like, you're going to let her do this? And Chucky's... Just <laughs> yes. talk about domineering women. He, yeah. he has, Do you know why he married a woman like this? Because you raised him. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> the, this is also clearly why Cookie doesn't like this woman, not because the woman's like horrible. She just doesn't kiss her ass like her son does. Yeah, exactly. And then we get to this last. This last few beats are so good. Oh, it's and we we started on gorgeous. it already, but the symbolism with the ducks and the duck feed and the money and Tony goes in and the look on his face when he realizes he's been. Stole, he's been robbed, essentially. Uh, that must be hard for him. Yeah. <laughs> and goes back in. Coffee tone. Now Carmela, who was, I feel like, had they bumped heads on any issue in the, in the, in the previous few days while Carmela was stewing before she took the money, would have been a big explosive fight. But now Carmela actually has the upper hand over him, and that has to drive him nuts. By the way, he saw the fingernail on the... She left it there with all his shit. Correct. And so he knows that she knows. That's sitting there. Mm. Uh, to quote uh, uh, Major Valchek from The Wire, it's sitting there like a pierogi on the plate. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's just right there. He sees it. He knows she's seen it. He, she has to have seen it. And he... Well, he didn't put it there. Exactly. <laughs> 
And uh, so he goes down, coffee tone, decaf. No, you know what? Regular's fine. No, decaf. I'll do it for you, Tony. Yeah, I'll, I'll be a good wife, whatever. And um, AJ comes in. You've been outside in the last few days? What? No, it's freezing. It's a, and he knows his son well enough to, not that I ever think he actually thought it was AJ, but he had to put on the show. And uh, that's his way of asking Carmela without asking, and she doesn't give him anything. And AJ, of course, he looks, he's like, yeah, no, this lazy fuck wouldn't have gone outside and taken my money. <laughs> good t- AJ gets a good temperature read in the room. He's like, I- I'm going upstairs. I'm going upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's very it's like, good. like, uh, a storm's coming. I better get yeah. Coffee will be ready in a minute. She goes and sits back down. And he's just standing there. There's so much in the air between them. It's beautiful. This is so good. Yeah. You could cut it. You could. This is. It, it's a cliche statement. You could cut the tension with a knife. But this is one of the rare times the cliche is warranted. It's like the cliche became a cliche because of moments like this. Correct. You could cut it. They're staring at each other. You Probably anything? why it doesn't need much dialogue. Right? Exactly. Know, yeah. Ain't something on your mind, Tony? Anything you want to talk about? No. And that no is so loaded, he's like, he wants to press it so bad, but he knows that he can't, and she knows that he knows that he can't. Because we can, we can, the, 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 sub, the subtext here is we can keep going on, living our lives, live, and living our separate lies. Or you can bring this up and let's, do, let's go, let's go, get, get the boxing gloves on and let's do this, or shut up and pivot. Which is the same, ironically, in a dramatic sense, the same thing that Furio is confronted with. You either shut up and move on as if everything's fine, or you get the gloves and let's do it. Because she it's... figured out how to bottom from the top. Yeah, mm. very nice. Mm. Actually, mm. Yep. And with that, very good. We are taken out. Stalemate. Final thoughts on mergers and acquisitions. Hell of an episode. And I can't believe how much joy I got to- about talking about this one, especially when, again, like I said, when I was like. 14, 15, whenever this was on, and watched it for the first time, I was like, ah, get to the get to the violent stuff. <laughs> but this episode is so good. I really loved it, and I enjoyed talking about it with you guys. Any final thoughts before we uh, bow out here? Yeah, I had a colleague who was fond of the um, fond of the saying "everything's a trade-off," which was the title we chose for our episode today. Um, obviously, you know, Soprano Land was in the same mind when they titled this episode "Mergers and Acquisitions," which, of course, is a a reference not only to the uh, monetary collateral that's being passed back and forth and discussed in this episode, but also the emotional collateral, of course. Uh, relationships, people, and money, right? But it's so true of any lifestyle choice in this episode. You know, you put your mother in a nursing home so that she would be cared for so that you don't have to care for her. But there's that's a trade-off because you also have to be able to manage this thing from the outside and, and make those bargains, right? Um, you know... Or how about this? This is much more direct. Uh, and I'm speaking from a, a man's perspective, because that's the, obviously the perspective I have. The trade-off you make in life, that maybe that you hope to make in life, is that you uh, marry a, a good woman, right? That's, that's what every man, I, I hope, hopes to do, is to marry a good woman. And the trade-off is that you will no longer be able to just go out and have sex with somebody. Right? You'll no longer be able to be sexually promiscuous or, or whatever. Or the trade-off could be that you marry a woman who is good but not beautiful. Right? Or you marry a woman who is beautiful but not good. Right? Is it like the pizza? Yeah. Well, yeah, a <laughs> bit. Right? You, you can't have it all, in other mm-hmm. words. Right? Everything's a trade-off. Nobody gets it all. You don't get to put your mother in a nursing home and get her to have a perfect life. 
You know, mm-hmm. you right. don't get to uh, fuck the beautiful mistress and have no problems in your marriage to your wonderful wife. Mm-hmm. You know, but also on the same token, you don't really get to be with your uh, good wife and then have all your desires for everything else disappear. You don't get to sit back from your mob business and, and be totally satisfied that it runs itself without you, right? But you also don't get to run your mob business free of danger, right? Everything's a trade-off, and mm. Tony is having a really, or all of our characters, but Tony especially, really a hard time navigating this world of what can I trade, how much am I comfortable trading, and where is the balance? Tony can't stand to be bored for a second. Uh, clearly there are issues of balance going on here. You know, it's, it's, it's just... Uh, the episode is infinitely interesting, so much so that I feel like we could even keep talking about it. Yeah, I'm not. I I'm that. I'm not. I'm not going to top that. The, um, <laughs> what what Jordan just said. Um, l- let me only add that again. Something is striking about watching this episode twenty years ago, not feeling like there's a ton to it, and yet we've been talking for two hours. Yes, I could keep going. Um, I'm completely invested in this conversation. It speaks to the intelligence and capacity and uh, compassion of everybody in this room, but also the depth and the writing of the show and the acting and everything. My job on this podcast is to play by play and keep the episode walkthrough moving. And there are many times there's more to be said. And, and what, what, what I find particularly fascinating about this episode is, as a final reaction is all of our best conversations on this episode happened around scenes where not particularly much was going on in terms of busy action. Two characters having a coffee in the kitchen. And it prompts a, like a 10-minute discussion. So that just speaks to the level of the things that are going on here. The season is rich with this kind of shit. And that's a big part of why I think it's a misunderstood season on the whole. And why I'm appreciating it much more as an adult. More studied in drama. More studied in life experience. Uh, this, this season is slapping. And it's getting ready for a several big slaps to come anything else no just to add on i mean i think that's partly why i probably have always liked this episode a i didn't watch it when it first came out i started the sopranos a little bit later but also i'm a journey person i'm not somebody who cares much for the violence piece i don't watch sopranos because it's a mob thing i like the family i like the relationships you're not part of the hits and tits crowd as they say (laughs) no i i wouldn't say so um, that's what they call them. Oh, sure. Wow. I love that. I hadn't heard that before. I heard that either. That's, um, that's very funny. Uh, but it's why I like rom-coms, too. It's like, I like the journey. I like the, the relationships and, the you know, stuff like that. So episodes like this really speak to me because I don't really care where the ramp goes. I find the ramp interesting. Mm-hmm. And I found this conversation interesting. Thank you all for being a part of it. Jordan, great way to, great analysis. I loved everything you said there. No, I think you broke down exactly what is so compelling about this episode. So thank you for that and thank all of you. Thank you, Lily, for joining us. Thanks for having nice, me. Nice, yeah, we'll have you back soon, I think. And I am excited. Next time is a big one, whoever did this. Very excited to cover that with you guys. Much different episode. We'll get into it. And with that, I'm Chris D'Amato. I'm Lily D'Amato. I'm Paul Mancini. And I'm Jordan Hugh. And we will see you next time for Whoever Did This. Why doesn't Lily do every episode with us? Yeah.